So Chuck E. Cheese experiences and opinions. <laughs> well, thanks to FNAF. <laughs> well, we wouldn't we wouldn't have FNAF if it wasn't for Chuck E. Cheese, so we should be Honestly, thankful. I actually don't know where this rumor came from that people actually got murdered out of Chuck E. Cheese. I thought it was just conspiracy in my opinion for the game, but Oh well it's that's one thing because um I've heard stories about like what's happened at a Chuck E. Cheese and it's like ugh. like there was a lot of stories coming out that there was um, pedophiles in the suits and they were um, oh. luring kids but then there was one story that I heard and <laughs> it it sucked because the the channel that I listened to actually well psh, fuck it I'll just say it uh, have you heard of uh, Mr. Nightmare Oh my god, I have. Um, he did a video where it was uh, like top uh, scary Chuck E. Cheese horror stories. And uh, one of them just <laughs> sucked. It, you know, I when I listen to like horror stories, I don't really get scared a whole lot. Um, even if they, they say they're true. But every once in a while, there's one in there where I'm like, oh my god. Like, like I have the, the shivers and goosebumps after that. You know what? I agree. There are just some that just kind of sound stupid or they're just not scary. They're kind of just, how do I put it? They're kind of just predictable in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't, I mean, how are you going to hire someone to wear this Chuck E. Cheese suit around kids and not expect them to be a hidden pedophile? <laughs> no, just because they're not registered doesn't mean they're not a pedophile. Yeah, know. yeah. It's yeah, but oh. um, but yeah, this one story was um, um, it was a uh, a, a Chuck E. Cheese worker who had to close up for the night, and he he was about he was cleaning everything up, he was getting everything situated when one of the games just turned on, and wow, yeah, it was it was actually that um at a it's that jumping game where it's like uh, the light goes around and you have to jump over the light yes the jump rope one mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was it I was that one it was that one oh, and it's um uh so he goes over to it and he and it's and he turns it off and he's like i have no idea how that thing turned on to then um he goes back to just working and uh bear in mind that he's there by himself <laughs> so it's already like a yeah I gotta get the hell out of here but all of a sudden he hears um, um, uh, the Chucky animatronic on stage just start laughing and thank out the door the minute that thing started laughing well yeah it was just like all of a sudden like 
everything was okay. And then you just, you heard him laugh. <laughs> and thanks to Mr. Nightmare, he puts sound effects in his videos. So he actually put in Chucky's laugh that made it kind of all distorted. <laughs> so, um, and you know, call me crazy, but uh, usually when I take a nap, I like to listen to, <laughs> to horror stories just so they're in the background. No. I'm the same way. Oh, I think it's not horror stories, but I love listening to murder stories in the back of it. I always end up falling to sleep to the dumb. I tell people then they're like, are you like okay in the head? I'm like, I am. They're just very calming. Like, what am I supposed to do? No, I just go like, uh, is, is, is everything okay? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> don't judge me. Yeah. Uh, I'm but, not the only person that does that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I'm not crazy, you are. But um I yeah, so it's I remember I was listening to that story and I was I had my eyes closed and I was in my a bedroom and there was no lights on. And when I heard that my eyes just shot up. And I was like, Oh my god, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah. And then in the story, he um the guy says that he heard it. And then when he looks at the stage, he sees that the Chucky's staring right at him. So, like an idiot, not going and not running away or not doing anything, he goes over and he looks at it, and then all of a sudden his head the Chucky's head does like a the exorcist thing where it's like at the three or the, the three sixty, and then mm -hmm. it's still like laughing distortedly. And <laughs> So then he just, he goes and unplugs it, and then that shuts everything down. To then he just calls his boss and he goes, yeah, uh, I, I, I gotta get the hell out of here. Like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. So th yeah, then he just leaves, and I'm just like, yeah, that's not, that's not good. And then the story came out that um, the a lot of restaurants are using um, floppy disks to control the animatronics. Oh, okay, well... <laughs> Well, I know what a floppy disk is, but I'm not sure how much power a floppy disk can hold to control an animatronic. Compared but, to today, you know, really not that much. No. I mean, floppy cool. disks were a thing like back in the, I think it was yeah back in the '80s, when um, mm -hmm. you computers didn't have have save files, so you actually had to put in a floppy disk, and that was your save file. And there was only so much, so when it was full, you took it out and you had to put in another one. And yeah. that's how a lot of things got got done in the eighties. So it's it's one of the things where it's like, yeah, thank God we have like hard drives and USB drives. It's like, mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with with Chuck E. Cheese, um, yeah, my my experiences with the place, um, I, I I think I remember celebrating celebrating my birthday there once, and then after that, it was just like, no, I'm 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 fine. I'll I'll hit the the kids casino and you know I'll, i'm all good because i agree yeah i mean i had a couple birthday parties at chuck e cheese too but i was always afraid of the mascot like there are a couple pictures of me where chucky's trying to like hug me and i'm just crying my eyes out mm -hmm. <laughs> my parents always tell the story of me always hiding underneath the the tables you know the booths i would hide underneath the booths just to avoid chucky yeah. on my birthday <laughs> Yeah, well, so, he needs to. Chucky needs to know his boundaries. Yeah, Chucky needs to stop hugging kids. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, the older Chucky, the costume changed drastically. Well, I think it's been like a couple years since he changed the the design of them. He's no longer he's a, a rat. He's now. a mouse. Yeah, he's a mouse now. He's cuter. He's skinnier. He's not as scary. And they took out all the animatronics out of all the Chucky cheeses. Yeah, it's it's kind of it, it it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, well, you guys kind of were popular because you had the the animatronics. That was one of the reasons why they were so popular. And it's yeah. like, now that you guys are kind of getting away with, you're, you're getting, you know, you're getting rid of that. It's kind of the same reason why, like, people are now realizing today, like, yeah, clowns kind of are d- demon spawns. So it's like, we really don't need them around. And, yeah. No, we don't. You know what? People who have phobias against clowns, I don't blame them. They are the scariest thing. And I remember back in 2016 when the whole clown revolution happened. You know, like people got chased down the streets in the middle of the night by clowns. Oh, yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden, there's like organizations of clowns and like gangs and stuff. And I'm just like, what the fuck oh, is yeah, going on? Oh, yeah. You heard that story where it was, uh, I think the first uh, It movie came out. And that um, um, a whole bunch of like a clown community actually banded together and was trying to say that clowns aren't scary or or killers or anything like that and it's just like really (laughs) i mean i get the whole let's not make all clowns scary that makes sense but you don't do it by making a whole gang up of clowns and trying to prove your point that just does not prove your point yeah no it does not so yeah it was it was like um Okay, I know you guys are trying to, like, you know, spread the word, but this is a word that just, you know, I don't need to hear. And can you guys try to find something else to do with your lives? Like, is it too late? And, and yeah, I, I still remember going to see the first It movie in, in theaters with my mother. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's a PT-13 movie, no? Nope. Oh, it's not? Is it no. an R movie? Yeah, it's rated... Oh, yeah. It, it's pretty rated R. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never really knew because they would keep the book, you know, because Stephen King has the book, you know, in all the school libraries. Mm-hmm. So I would just read the book. So I never really understood how horrific the movie would be because the book isn't that scary for a child at Mm. Um, at least it wasn't for me, okay? Um, well, I have a very vivid imagination, mm-hmm. but when I imagined everything, it wasn't R-rated in my head, if that makes sense. So it is yeah. quite shocking to hear that the It movie is an R-rated movie. Yeah, well, if you really look at the book again, like some of the things that happen, it's just like, uh, yeah, one, if they somehow did this, yeah, this would be pretty rated R. But two, this is just so, like what is going on because because it was made during the time when Stephen King was was pretty much um, high and like there's there's parts in the book like one of the characters gets chased down the street by like giant leeches uh, there's another one that is um, one of the characters um, or um, yeah it was, I think it was a, a homeless man who's who's uh, was actually Pennywise. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was Pennywise disguised as a as a homeless man that was willing to give one of the characters a. I think it was a blowjob. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, wait, hold on. 
they have okay so they have this book in a school library hmm <laughs> <laughs> yeah like interesting there um oh they actually have a whole row i mean at least in the oh library. i remember they did yeah, yeah. It, whole like section. I don't think they have them in the middle school because I think it's too, uh, it's too big of a. In high school, they did. The high school, they had the whole row. You go to the S section, Stephen King, Stephen King, Stephen King, and I was just like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Checked out they, every single book. Yeah, I think I think the entire shelf was him, <laughs> because yeah, he has like so many books, but yeah, I remember I remember seeing the the first uh, it movie with my mother and uh who is terrified of clowns by the way and i remember i remember us driving to the theater and uh she was actually shaking like i felt the car kind of jolting a little bit like not really jolting but more like shaking a little bit so i'm thinking like well what's wrong with the car and then i look at my mom's hands on the steering wheel and she was actually shaking and and I was going like, you know, well, we don't have to do it. You know, you can just drop me off because I because I wanted to see it. Uh, right. And then she's like, no, no, we're 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 good, we're we're okay. So then the entire time that we were in the theater, um, she was actually holding my hand the entire oh. time. And you you're know, such a butt cheek. <laughs> butt cheek. <laughs> just just okay, well. just say ass crack. You're, you're, you're an ace for this. I feel so bad for your mom. <laughs> yeah, so then, uh, so then, yeah, it was, yeah, and then every once in a while when Pennywise showed up, she was just like, get the fuck off the screen. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end of it, I just like, was like, so what do you think of it? She's like, I liked everything but the clown. I'm like, so you liked, um, like, let's see, every single scene that Pennywise was in. So you liked about, I don't know, like twenty uh, percent of the film. Yeah, and she's like, right. "Yeah, that that sounds about right." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, speaking of the film, we did get a Finance at Freddy's film recently. Yeah, and we both went to go see it. We, yeah, yeah the the Finance at Freddy's movie that they were trying to do back, I think, in twenty seventeen. And then it was just in production oh, yeah. hell. I mean, yeah, this, jeez, this thing. Um, yeah, I, I know a lot of people out there, they're like, yeah, it's okay. Or like some are like, oh my God, it's the best movie ever. And then some out there, they're saying it's absolute garbage. Um, okay. So yeah, Listen, my, I don't think the movie's absolute garbage. Well, I, I personally thought that it's a movie for, made for the fans. It's like oh, yeah. the the fans would understand. They're not fully looking into it with, you know, with looking through it uh, with a lens, like picking out things. And then yeah, if you if you're not a fan and if you're pretty much watching it like almost as an average viewer or even a critic, it's like yeah, this has got a ton of problems. And yeah, while I was watching, I was I was going like yeah, this does have problems, but you know what, it is. It is a film for the fans, and then especially when it hits like, yeah, when it hits like the second half, it's like, okay, this is why they made it. Yeah. Obviously, the first half is more introducing the characters, and obviously, all the animatronics having fun with the little child doing the merry-go-round with each other. Mm -hmm. 
obviously that scene didn't really make much sense to me. I mean, why are we having the animatronics have fun with the kid? Yeah. I mean, compared to the games, I mean, I understand why a lot of them were upset with that scene, why a lot of them wanted to see more jump scares. Yeah. Um, but okay. overall, the movie wasn't bad. You just have to be a fanatic. Yeah. Which, which is why I think it was perfect timing for when they release it, because the majority of their of their audience that grew up with it has mm-hmm. adult money now. So they're obviously going to spend more money on this. Well, yeah. Theater, well, yeah, you know? well, and something I looked up is, uh, yeah, I have the, the history right here. And um, the first game came out August of 2014. So next oh. August, the game, the, the franchise will turn a decade old. That's crazy. And it's like, the oh, my God, game. I was in I was in middle school. No, wait. Yeah, middle school. Yeah, middle school. Or, yeah, like sixth grade or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. my God. Um. Yeah, personally, yeah, I, I didn't care for the first half. Um, my biggest complaint was I still cannot believe that Markiplier could not take one day off from his movie to go shoot his scenes because they, yeah, they they said what it was. It was... Um, the, that security guard that was going to die in the beginning of the movie is mm-hmm. what they said. Yep. The very first one. Yep. So it, it was... But- well, I I would have been like okay, that would have been cool, but to see to see Mark die, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> but you know, it it was it was pretty funny to see. Uh, it was uh, Matt Pat and uh, uh, Corey Kenshi. Like that, that was awesome. Yeah. I I did enjoy Matt Pat's. I I we had to watch the movie on Peacock because they released same. at the same time. Same. I had to rewind on Peacock to make sure that I was, I wasn't dreaming. Oh, I heard, I heard his voice. Pat. Yeah, I, I heard his voice, and then especially when he said it was just a theory, I was just like, oh, yep, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard it in his voice, and then I saw his face, and I was just like, hey. <laughs> so, yeah, and then yeah, with Corey, I saw him in the in the trailer, but he was like super brief. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not a big watcher of Corey, so I he, was confused. He's pretty funny. Like, he was he's pretty funny. Oh. Like my one of my favorite things that he does is that he he doesn't really do this anymore, but he he had this series called Spooky Scary Sunday, and every Sunday um, he would tweet out and saying like, "Okay, send me uh, some scary videos to react to," and the first couple of them it was a lot of the uh, uh, like horror animations that were taken from like real life horror stories that were told and he would just he would react to them but at the same time he would roast them he would just be so funny like one of the things he would do was uh, when something bad was about to happen um like if a character like if a character was in like a house all by themselves and they started hearing stuff outside he would then pause the video and kind of just like look at the camera like all dumbfounded walk away come back with a with a a, a toy shotgun <laughs> and <laughs> yeah i just remember one line from him that was uh i think it was We're about to get this buckshot baby boy <laughs> yeah he's he's pretty funny <laughs> okay so see so yeah, i when i when i saw him in the in the trailer i was like oh okay that's that's kind of cool 
Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I think overall the the film was was you know, it was like okay, like yeah, this is for fans. But I still yeah. I still really liked that um, they they put a, the the Living Tombstones song into it. Yes, I was. I heard. I was like, "Oh man, I know this song." I think the entire theater was just singing. <laughs> oh no, I've I've heard. Um, like people take like audio clips from the theater, and uh, yeah, <laughs> when it gets to that part, it doesn't even kick into the song yet. They just hear like one like little beat, and then Freddie's laugh during the credits, and then the fans just went nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, all of us who grew up with it were just like the Living Tombstone was the very first person to pull out. Oh a, yeah. Um, a parody song i guess it's not parody in a it's way, now but it canon people have said like yeah, it's yeah, canon well, now well, it's canon i mean but they came out with the best songs almost every game up until the newer ones i think they stopped or they just ran out of no. popularity after that no um, um i looked it up um yeah they did uh, i remember listening to the first one they did one for two which which i thought was pretty good uh the one for three while I think is it and actually no, um, is good. Uh, for the fourth one is is okay. Um, the the one for sister location was supposed to be the last one, and the one for sister location is actually pretty good. Oh okay. Um, yeah, and then he then they stopped. But apparently a year ago, they released one for a security breach, and. I, ever since I watched the film, I was actually, I've been listening to uh, those songs more often now, because I'm like, oh I kind of forgot how good these were. They were so good. The Living Tombstone was amazing, and then we have, there's a couple other ones that I, I don't quite remember their names for, but I know there was another one that was uh, Just a Pony. Mm-hmm. Or just a phony or something like that, and mm-hmm. he did some really good ones. He did the famous one called Just Gold. Yeah. Uh, he did that one, and then I think there's a another one that did the uh, Sunday song. I'm not too sure what his name is though. Mm-hmm. He's a very popular singer too. That did some pretty hit FNAF songs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly. They're still on my list. They're still on my playlist. I still listen to them once in a while. I mean, yeah, I yeah, songs. The, the the new one for Security Breach from the Living Tombstone is actually pretty good. Um, yeah, I was just like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. Um, yeah, so it was. It's ever since watching the movie, it kind of sparked me to go back and listen to Living Tombstone again. It was just like reliving childhood memories of like listening to those uh, at school at home or like right after I was like watching people play the FNAF games so yeah those were those were good times I agree those were very good times I didn't get to play many of the games I did get to play the first and the second one during middle school so that's when they first peaked and the um, school iPads you weren't allowed to get the games for free at the time yeah i i was i was the same way for for middle school um we yeah we were all given ipads and it was like one tech guy that like kind of had to make sure that you weren't like abusing the power or anything like that and of course everybody was 
like yeah we we used those ipads less for school and more to like uh do multiplayer on on certain games but yeah i i remember i i downloaded i think one through three at the time and i rarely i rarely played them and i think i got to i think it was night three or even four because at that time in my life you know i was not particularly great with video games i'm sure i could go back and and beat them now but i just haven't haven't done that um so yeah it just got to the point where it's just like you know what this is much better to just to watch them and then it also kind of sucked to play play them in school because you had to listen to like certain things and you just there's a whole bunch of kids running around and they're just talking just endless babble so it was kind of hard to concentrate so every once in a while um like one of the animatronics just pop in and i was like what like what happened yeah that just that sucked but yeah i think i think the fnaf series you know when it started it was definitely like this is the next big thing oh yeah and it now the next big thing oh yeah and you know a decade later we now have like what like 60 games 120 books it's now a film and us it's crazy and now they're they're I think it, I think it was a uh, Cawthon said that there are plans to do a, a sequel to the film. Yes, um, and it very much is confirmed that they're going to try to get Markiplier to get into this film too. So hopefully, if they do make a sequel, and if it is in production, as they say it is, yeah, well, that Markiplier gets a little, you know, a little peekaboo moment in the movie. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what I would like to see is uh, I remember back when there was the fan casting for the film on who they wanted uh, to play certain characters. And it was like, okay. Like, some I'm like, yeah, they won't do it. And some I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's an interesting choice. <laughs> I mean, you ha- they said in the fan casting, it was, uh, I think they said it was a, a Christian Bale as the night guard. Oh, um, okay. It was a... Um, I think um, Mark, I think, was supposed to be Bonnie. Um, Jack Septicai <laughs> okay. was supposed to be Foxy. Um, I don't remember who was supposed to be Freddy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, no, uh, Christian Bale was supposed to be uh, Afton. Oh, uh, Matt Pat was supposed to be the security guard. <laughs> um, you know what? That would have been fun to see. But... Uh, for for Chica, they wanted uh, Tara Strong, who oh yeah, just I honestly you know yeah you can throw out like uh, yeah fairly odd parents you know to watch that show, um, mm-hmm. you know I never I never watched it but I would always you know catch glimpses of it every now and then because I was at a, a daycare for a while, and oh, okay. they would pop this on and I would hear her voice and that was um, My Little Pony, uh, but personally the show that i grew up on that she that she was in was uh teen titans was she, she was raven, raven? Mm-hmm. she's raven she yeah. is raven yeah that show i grew up on and then for uh, golden friendly they wanted um, uh seth mcfarlane and i was like oh, uh, okay 
it, yeah, with that list, it's like, okay, I can see some people doing it. I mean, and some would be kind of cool, but same time, it's just like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I doubt it, to be honest, but, no. you know, whatever they decide to go into the direction, I'm really glad that they're starting to listen to their fans, because a lot of them asked for more jump scares and a little bit more screen time. With the with the whole cast, you know, mm-hmm. we, I mean, even though it was the Finance of Freddy's movie, we hardly ever got to see the animatronics because the majority of it was just plot. So yeah. I know people wanted to see Foxy run down the hallway, and you got like a quick glimpse of that. Yeah, which wasn't fun, but I mean, honestly, I don't hate the movie. If I had to give it a rating, it, it, it'd be a good like. Because I understood the movie. I understand people don't. But you'd have to be a really long-time fan to understand half of that movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the FNAF series, I think, you know, is definitely, when it comes to lore, they're really jumbled. And at times, uh, a little bigger than I think they should have. But it, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Saw series where a lot of people are just like there's you know the story is just there's nothing there and it's like well actually if you look at it through lenses there actually is i mean it's i mean for saw yeah the story is like solving a jigsaw puzzle literally but it's finance phrase is kind of the same way yeah. um and it, it is kind of interesting and then every <laughs> One thing during uh, uh, the movie uh, that I was I was thinking about the whole time and I had in my mind was um, just uh, Markiplier's voice over my head, just just screaming, "Was that the bite of '87?" Was that the bite of '87? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, if if they do bring Markiplier into the movie, I actually do want them to have him say that somehow in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Even if it's not so enthusiastically loud like that. Yeah. Well, I still love how, I mean, like, I think I think it was this year or last year, he played, like, a FNAF, like, spinoff or, like, fan game or something like that. Um, and he... Yes. And he, yeah, there was, a, there was a section that was kind of depicting that, and he just kind of looked at it for a sec, and then he mimicked it and just went, Is it the precursor to the Bite of 87? Is that the Bite of 87? Is this the precursor to the bite of 87? Guys, I think it might be the bite of 87. <laughs> so like he he was he was making fun of himself. And the, that's the kind of stuff that I like. Um but yeah, the the FNAF lore, well, I I know pretty much about the games. Um it's the books, you know, I I tried to read um what's the the first one? It was like the Twisted ones or uh, like something like that yes i believe it is the twisted ones because they're on the pizza plex right i think they're on a whole nother game right now but oh the the, the silver eyes Fazbear Frights, so the first book was Fazbear Frights. uh no the 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 first book was um oh, silver novels. eyes the twisted ones it was yeah it was silver eyes the twisted ones and then the fourth closet and then it was that one and then, yeah, then they went off and did, like, the Fazbear Frights series and then Tales from the Pizzaplex. And then, yeah, those just got kind of crazy. But, yeah, the the novel trilogy is those three. 
Um, but I, st- I still remember when it comes to FNAF spinoffs, I still remember FNAF World. <laughs> and then people were just like, this is the end of the series. Like, it was indeed not the end of the series. Well, it was just getting so. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, uh, what, what happened? What's, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it. Yeah. The, the FNAF, FNAF World spinoff. Uh, Coffin announced a spinoff from his series FNAF World on September 2015. Unlike the main series, the game is a role-playing video game using the first four games' animatronic characters. Uh, players and critics criticized the game for missing key features and being unstable and unfinished, for which Coffin apologized, quote, I got too eager to show the things that we finished that I neglected to pay attention to the things that weren't. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yes. The game was that bad. I think they just—it it wasn't even a FNAF game. That right? I don't Ooh. know what they were expecting. Yeah, but listen, listen to this. Um, he decided to remove it from Steam, saying that the game would be improved and later re-released free of charge. Coffin announced that he asked Valve, who owns Steam, to refund all purchasers the price of the game. He released a free version of the game featuring a 3D overworld and an updated character selection screen in February the next year, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which then, um, yeah, Coffin posted a new teaser the following month with characters such as the main series Purple Guy and most of the characters from the Halloween update of uh, FNAF 4 and then created mini-games surrounding that. I personally, I only saw like one playthrough of FNAF World and it was like this 8-bit game and then when you, when you were fighting it was all like 3D and I was like whoa this is just kind of off yeah um, no matter how many times you try to edit FNAF World it's still just FNAF World I mean regardless of what was unfinished it was still you know an 8-bit game no matter like, how you look at it yeah so yeah yeah, it's spinoffs. We had FNAF World, uh, Special Delivery, um, Security Breach, Fury's Rage. I don't know what that is. Uh, Fury's Rage is a side-scrolling beat-em-up game featuring the main cast of Security Breach. Uh, okay. <laughs> I never heard about that. Me neither. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, uh, yeah, critical. Um, yeah, since the release of the game, the games have become a pop, a popular topic of discussion by fans on social media platforms such as Reddit and are regularly featured on Let's Play video videos, popular mm-hmm. video game creator, popular video creators such as PewDiePie, Markiplier, and Jacksepticeye help the games receive additional attention and their playthroughs. Like, I like going back and um, thinking about uh, going back and rewatching Markiplier's first uh, video for FNAF for when he's played the first game. He's actually playing the yeah. demo. Oh, really? Yeah, the game wasn't officially released yet. Yeah. Know that part. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. But 
I mean, overall, the gameplay was pretty good. Regardless of what anybody says, it's it's a top-tier game, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Yeah, gameplay, common elements, security cameras, lights, doors and vents, jump scares, minigames. Yeah, jump scares, every game in the main series contains jump scares, which end a game in defeat as the animatronics are impaled to attack the player off-screen. In most jump scares, an animatronic character suddenly appears in the player's view, followed by a loud screaming or roaring noise. Yep. Yeah. That's enough. Oh, uh, they also say the the some jump scares, in, uh, including those by Golden Freddy, Nightmare, and Night Marionette. Never heard of that yep. one. Yep. Uh, consists. No, really? Yeah. No. Um. They cons- consist of a single screen with still with shrill distorted audio these jump scares usually crash or restart the game yeah i know i know the golden freddy one i've seen that i've seen the nightmare one and it's just like all you see is just darkness and then just nice teeth nice like pearly white teeth and just red glowing eyes it just makes me want to go like yeah um who's your dentist dude like those are some nice teeth man we call it nightmare for a reason. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, the the doors and vents, the lights, uh, security cameras. Well, I actually I saw this video where they talked about the audio usage in the FNAF games, and it was actually quite interesting because yeah, you have the visuals, but it's all about hearing. Like you know, like you hear the the when you when you know Foxy is moving. You hear him going dum 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 dum. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like thing. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, he's moving. Um, when you're on the security uh, cameras, there's the kitchen one that there's no uh, visual, but you can hear it, and you hear pots of pans being used. So it's like, oh, one of them's in there. That's yeah, Chica's in there. Everybody knows Chica's in the kitchen. Yep. So. See. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But- Oh, yeah. I mean, that's actually quite sad and and but kind of cool. Uh, yeah. his, history: the idea of uh, Find It's Freddy stemmed from the negative reception of Scott Cawthon's previous game, the family-friendly Chipper and Sons Lember Lember Co. Players said that the main character, uh, a young beaver, looked like "quote unquote" a scary animatronic animal. Um, and reviewers called the game "quote." unintentionally terrifying, end quote. Initially discouraged by the criticism, Cawthon eventually used the feedback to make something in- intentionally scarier. Hmm. So, mm. so, yeah, sometimes in life, when you get beat down, you can use that beat down to gain a positive. You, use the, you gotta use the negative to be a positive. I mean, and that's what he did, and now he has a really, really good game series. He's made a movie. He has books. Mm. You know, even though he stepped down for, I think, a very idiotic reason. Oh, I, I know the reason. Oh, yeah. I think it's an idiotic reason, but, I mean, at the time, we were very sensitive about politics. So, I mean, I can't blame them they either. They still kind of are nowadays. They but... still are. Yes, they still are. Yeah. But then they... I just don't understand the reasoning behind it because they got mad that he stepped down, but they were also mad that he had, um, I believe he had he did, donated he money to he, 
mm-hmm. on Republican Foundation that Trump was supporting or something like that, if yep. I'm not wrong. Yeah, and then, but when you look at um, uh, the FNAF community, mm-hmm. a huge uh, percentage of the, the fan base are um, uh, part of the, um, uh, I think it was the LGBTQ community. That's and right. uh, if, you know, you know about politics, uh, Republicans and then mainly Trump is against um, is against uh, uh, gays. So it yep. was they saw that and just went like, oh, my God, like this. This is awful. Yeah, they just instantly thought Scott Cawthon was a homophobic Republican. Yep. Which he said he wasn't. And mm-hmm. I would like to believe him, but we also don't know. Yeah. Deep down inside we- if he was just trying to cover his ass or not. It's just a conspiracy at this rate, but I mean, he couldn't do much about it afterwards, and he had to step down. Yeah, and and you know that that stuff happens, you know, but you know he still has a very successful you know series under his belt, and mm-hmm. now that it's almost a decade old, you know, I don't see the series slowing down anytime soon. I don't either. I know he's supposedly not involved in future game no. direction. Um, but, I mean, if he put it into the hands he knows someone can do just as good as he did, I'm sure it will be will be fine with whatever game is released in the future. Yeah. Um, I know people. a lot of people had trouble with the Pixaplex game when it first came out because of the bugs. The oh, yeah, it was completely broken. Um, I thought it was funny because uh, um, Monty was the most glitched out animatronic in that game. And when Marco Polo was playing it, when he did his I, like six part series, oh, it was God. the funniest thing in the world. To me, it was funny because, you know, he was being chased and then all of a sudden he asks, um, um, he asks uh, Freddy, like, come on, like, come here. And then Freddy just goes right past him. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. It was just like, oh my god. Yeah, this this oh. game is really buggy. Oh yeah, the worst part was that some people had um, issues saving the game, their game data. So a lot of them had to go back and redo it over and over again. I'm not sure. I, which I think had that same problem. I think Mark had that problem as well. I, I believe so. I think it was Markiplier that um, it wasn't saving data or it wasn't recognizing things that he was doing in game mm-hmm. so it wouldn't come the final ending like the true ending or like I, don't, I think there was like three endings if I'm not wrong yeah to the Pixelplex but he would he would have to find um all the little uh I think it's like the little robots I forgot what they're called they have like the little like uh, warning signs on them mm-hmm. and the game wouldn't it wouldn't pick up him finding them, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. give him the ending that he wanted. So he had to keep going over and over again mm-hmm. until it finally gave it to him, which yeah. sucked. Thanks. I was a lot of hours of playing the game over and over again. Yeah, I, I don't think I I would do that. I would just go like, you know what? I, I don't care. I just gotta look this. I gotta look it up. <laughs> like, whoops. Yeah, I gotta look this up. Well, he did give up. He ended up using someone else's video clip. <laughs> yeah, he did. Video. <laughs> which is yeah. funny mm-hmm. um when that became a whole meme with itself since he dragged in Matt Pat with it so <laughs> yeah oh well oh well yeah. well now that we're on the the topic of you know video games 
Have there been some video game adaptations that you have enjoyed? As in, like, just random video games turning into movies or whatever. Or TV shows or whatever. Um, Battleship would be the worst one to have gotten. Okay, I was about. I was about to. I was about to say, like, when you just said Battleship, I'm just gonna be like, oh my god, no! I'm like, oh my god, you gotta cleanse that. I think everything else could be fine, even if they decide to make Twister to a stupid movie or I mean, series. I'm, I'm I still waiting I'm still waiting for the, the Shoots and Ladders movie. I'm still waiting for the, the Candyland movie. Um Okay, but Candyland's gonna be bomb, okay, listen. <laughs> it's just Candyland it's it's in the name. Trevor. I want I honestly want I want a horror movie about hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> That's personally what I, I want. I mean they are hungry. Yeah. Or uh, somebody somebody said like there should be a horror movie of, of yeah of uh, hungry hungry hippos but also a horror movie on Don't Wake Daddy. And it's like, eh. You know what? That would be, I want, um, I don't know what this game is, but you know that one crocodile game where you have to like push down the teeth or else it'll, you have to oh, be careful the, uh, down. It was <laughs> like, I think the crocodile chomper, chomper, yeah, crocodile, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. that'd be a great movie to adapt. There's also, um, one called Ned Noodle, where you rip open some guy's head and he, or like, oh he, oh you pull out boogers out of his nose. Oh, gooey Louie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, the wrong booger is brain pops. Yeah, his you brain know? pops out. It's just like, yeah, what if it's, what if it's a bunch of surgeons where they're just like, yeah, they can't, uh, get, get this correct, so they have to pull on his boogers. That's what I'm saying. Some of these would be pretty interesting to see in theaters. <laughs> they have to they, get a tumor out I, of his head, but unfortunately. He has like a metal plate in his head, so they can't. So they can't go in that way. So then they have to pull pull out the boogers to get the tumor out. Mm. There you go. See, ho- see, Hollywood, we're giving you these ideas. Yeah, might as well start making the movies now. Write down some notes. I mean, oh wait, hold on, copyright. Oh. <laughs> Although the most interesting one that you sent me was the. Uh, Barbenheimer movie of <laughs> that's this. that's an actual thing that's actually getting made. Yes, that's getting made, and I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, if you want to take care of a trend, yeah, the film follows Doctor Barbenheimer, a scientist doll living in Daltopia who tries to take out humanity with a nuclear bomb. And and yes, this is one hundred percent true, and they're actually doing it, and it's it, I think it said it has it, yeah. A budget of a million dollars. And it's That's like, oh crazy. my god. But uh, when it comes to video game adaptations, um, personally, I think the best one that I've seen in, in recent years was uh, The Last of Us. Yes, that has yeah, that, to be. That was so, so well done. Have you, have you watched or, or played the, the first game? I have. I did when it first came out on the PlayStation Four. I did. Good. Yeah, there there were some some things in that <clears throat> where I was like, yeah, I don't know how they're gonna do this, but I also love how they changed some things um, for the better. Where there's just like, yeah, this is messed up, but what if this happens? <laughs> and 
Yeah, I remember like one of the episodes, and it 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 started going the the way of the game, and then they changed it, and it was one of those like moments where like my jaw was to the floor because I was like, oh my god, that's just crazy. So, it, and then yeah, after that episode, I had to uh, I was on a call with with my with my father, and we were just both like, have, have you seen that latest episode? And they're like, oh my God, yes, that was insane. So that was pretty much every week. So. Yes, and I have to agree with you. When I first watched the show, I was a little skeptical because, I mean, The Walking Dead was pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Walking Dead was pretty good. And then it kind of got fuzzy towards newer seasons. So I was just a little, you know, skeptical. I was like, I hope they don't ruin this because Last of Us is a really good game. Not mm-hmm. including some of the later games that we don't talk about. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was so good. I just remember having to wait every week to watch a new episode. Just, just to see Pedro Pascal on my screen. I think I think he really nailed it playing the main uh main male lead yeah 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 so it was it was kind of it was kind of cool to see like what what the series was going to do but i think one way a video game if there if a if a movie or a tv um series will be an adaptation of a video game one thing they need to do is bring the creators involvement and that's what The Last of Us did. It one of the creators was the game director. So it was kind of like, see, this this makes makes sense why it's so accurate. And uh, a lot of the time, you know, they don't do that, which really sucks. Because, I, I hate when they don't do that because who else to go to for? I mean. Just director help is the person who created the stupid game, or you know, like who created the stupid book. Like, I mean, who else to get ideas and creative vision than the person mm-hmm. who literally made the whole thing up? Yeah, I, there, nobody else perfect for that. And I know it really did help bringing in the people who made the game because they added. I don't know if you remember, but they added the original voice actor to Joel in one of the scenes. And that was a really funny Easter egg to figure out. Well, it, it was the same thing with um, um, Ellie. She the the uh, voice actress was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was um, uh, Ellie's mother. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was kind of a like, you know, if you knew it, you knew, and it was like you you had a smile on your face. So, I think we all yeah. had a smile on our face with The Last of Us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, The the Last of Us, it was definitely uh, one of the first games where I realized that video games can pretty much be on par with film. Like, oh, yeah. It, it blended so well with, you know, it was like you were playing a game, but at the same time you were watching a movie or it was, you were watching a TV show. I think and, the best example for that would be some of the Mortal Kombat games that had really long cutscenes <laughs> to the point where if you put all the cutscenes together you just it was a film <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of yeah video game annotations um yeah the the mortal Kombat ones well 
the first at the time i'll give i'll give the first one the original one some slack because there at the time mortal kombat was not known for having story there was no story it was like we're just gonna have these characters just together and then just they battle each other so yeah the the first movie while ridiculous it's still fun and then they did annihilation we don't talk about that uh, okay i agree annihilation wasn't the best movie <clears throat> in general just in general it really wasn't the best movie i mean yeah that film's just ridiculous um but the the newest one i know a lot of people did not like it but you know mm. personally it's like this is the closest we we have gotten to this point to get a kind of accurate uh representation of the games I, and you know doing the fatalities and they even said like there were times when the npaa was like on their asses like each day going this needs to be, this needs to be trimmed, this needs to be trimmed, because apparently they almost got an NC-17 rating because of the violence. Wow, and, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, so it was very much like a, yeah, this is what, you know, this will be a gory film, much like the games. Now, Which I appreciate because the whole point of Mortal Kombat is to see everybody get their fucking guts ripped out of them. Well, you know? have you seen the new film? I have seen the new film. Yeah, uh, they, they, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, yep. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't eat during this. Uh, it's but I'm, I'm a gory girl, you know. I can handle I'm, a couple of beer ripped out of your throat. Oh, I've, I, I love gore as well. You know, people can say that that's something wrong with us, but you know what? I don't care. I don't care Whatever. either. I, there's, there's, a, there's like a, there's like a fine line between gore. And whatever the fuck they do in snuff films, you know, like there's a very Torture. fine line between both of them, you know. Yeah. See, that's that's why I didn't like uh, Hostel, because the, mm-hmm. it was basically watching a, a torture film. And it's like, nope, I'll I'll pass on this. But yeah, yeah but, uh, I mean. Mm, oh, I was just gonna say to the. Uh, it's just. At some point, you have to think about it. It's just like, is it a horror movie or is it a kinky movie? Because some people actually get off on that, you know, like really gory torture films. Yeah. I don't know how. But yeah, I don't know how I mean, <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think what would make a great video game adaptation is one, be respectful to the source material. Um, if you're not going to, you know, one, the, I think the top thing is get the creator involved. And if they're not available, at least be respectful to what you are paying homage to, which is something mm-hmm. I think the Resident Evil series has definitely slacked off on because they're like, we'll use, we'll, we'll use the locations. We'll use the, some of the characters, but overall it's its own story and it just kind of sucks. And yeah, well, I think the first movie I think is the most watchable one because it's just kind of like, all right, I, it's it's stupid, it's cheesy, but it's fun. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just like, whatever. Uh, this one um, that I, I, I don't think you said you've seen 
it's not a video game per se, but it is, it's a, a role-playing game. And this movie surprised the hell out of me on how good it was. The new uh, Dungeons & Dragons movie. Uh, did you? I have not seen them. You're right. I oh my god, it's so yet. good! Like I went into it going like I, I don't really know uh, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons all that well, but I saw it with my father and he's a huge um, fan of that. Like he played it when he was a kid, and so every once in a while during that movie, they would say something or they would bring up like, you know, like a certain location or a certain like character or whatever. And my dad would be laughing. And I'm like, what is so funny? Like, they just said a character's name. Like, what's so funny about that? So then he would tell me, he told me afterwards, after we, after we saw it, he's just like, oh, no, that was actually uh, something from the game. Like, that was something from from the universe. So the fact that they brought it in was just so funny and clever. Wow. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, it did watch that one that one was so good right i'll have to make sure to watch dungeons and dragons because i even know what all this is about i don't know anything about the game either mm-hmm. so well it's, if you visit guess what we're watching dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. yeah but <laughs> yeah it's just it was it was so much fun like there were so many moments during that where i was just laughing like hysterically there was one particular moment i'm not going to say what it was that just had me just laughing so hard because it was one of those like what the fuck just happened kind of moments (laughs) where yeah i was kind of laughing the whole i was laughing at i'm like what is happening (laughs) and and then yeah it was just like oh wow okay like that just happened we're moving on but yeah, it it seriously, like if there was one of those moments. Uh, but, but yeah, video game adaptations can be very hit and miss. Like I'm still waiting oh. for Netflix to do the 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 damn Bioshock movie because I'm no. a huge fan of Bioshock. And I mean, it's a great game, but Netflix, I'm it's a fifty fifty with them too, you know. Well, yeah, because I haven't seen I haven't seen Castle the Castlevania one because I've heard that's really good. I haven't seen the the League of Legends one and I've heard that's really good. Um, I didn't see the Resident Evil series, but I've heard that's not good. Oh, okay, yeah. Well. Pe- people are saying that that one felt like a CW attempt. And it's like, all right, then I'll pass. But. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like, all right, well, we'll see what they do. But what I do like is the who they have to direct and then write the script. They have director of Constantine and the script writer for, from uh, uh, the new uh, uh, Blade Runner. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, you have my attention. Like, you, you, you got more of my attention now. I agree, I agree. But... Yeah, so it's you know we'll we'll see what they do because yeah currently they're like oh it's in post it's in pre production I'm like it's been in pre production for like years it's, it's again like the Five Nights at Freddy's movie where it's in production hell and then eventually got made and then it became what it became but yeah, yeah just waiting on that like 
Yeah, Bioshock. Uh, personally, my favorite of that series is Infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I know a lot of people that don't like the end of that one because it's so complex. And I'm just like, but it's so messed up. Like, the, the first time that I played it, yeah, I was a bit puzzled what was going on. But then once I played it a little bit, I played it again. And then I was, like, doing research. I'm like, oh, so this happened because of this. That happened because of this. Okay, I get it now. Well, that's really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never really played the games. I've seen some gameplays. Oh, they're, they're totally worth it. Say, yeah, they're... They're something else. They're on their own tier level. If if that makes any sense. Oh, it, it makes perfect sense to me because I would put them on their own tier level. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there. I agree. Just some of these game adaptations to movies are really hit and miss. I mean, I can't really think of some other ones right now, but I do know that I am excited to see the Iron Lung movie that Markiplier is currently directing. Yeah, and will be released. I don't know when. Do you? They uh, they said sometime next year. Okay, um, but they did say theaters. Let's go. That's good. That's good. We'll see what they do. Okay, so now with video game adaptations, let's actually get into talking about movie that we have, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, boy. Yeah, indeed. Well, what what really is just psychotic about The Wolf of Wall Street to me is that it's it's a just, like, just absolute batshit insane movie that I'm just like, oh, my God, who made this? Who made this? A frat boy? And then when you look and you see Martin Scorsese, I'm like, oh, oh, my God. So a seven-year-old no. made this? It's, it's just insane. But yeah, so it's, it's it's crazy. So, um, yeah, just for any those who have who don't know the Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street is a 2013 American epic biographical black comedy crime film, uh, co-produced and directed by Martin Scorsese, based on Jordan Belfort's 2007 memoir of the same name. It recounts mm-hmm. Belfort's career as a stockbroker in New York City and how his firm engaged in corruption and fraud on Wall Street, leading to his downfall. And even though it's three hours long, which, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say this. When it comes to long movies, I don't mind them. It's just if they can keep my attention for that long, then, you know, bravo. You know, kind of like what Avengers Endgame did. That, you know, that film kept my attention through the whole three hours. Yeah, it um, would have been bad if they didn't keep your attention mm-hmm. for the entire three hours. And there's and there's movies that have done that where I'm just kind of checking my watch going like, can we speed this thing up? But mm-hmm. the one thing I do like about Wolf of Wall Street is that they it's not a slow-paced film. Or it... It is to an extent, but you kind of, you're going through it so quickly that you're like, oh yeah, that's right, this is three hours long. Wow, look at that. Um, Okay. Um, Also, some of the people in this just were crazy. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, he wasn't 
nominated for an Oscar for this, but he got it for no. The Revenant a couple years later. And it was kind yeah. of like the the Academy going, yeah, sorry about that. Here's just your your honorary Oscar. <laughs> but, okay. Um, I mean, Fisher Foreman was pretty good alongside with Margot Robbie. Or Margot Robbie. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just nuts. Um, yeah, oh, wow, look at this. <laughs> um, the film was a major commercial success, grossing $406.9 million worldwide during its theatrical run, becoming Scorsese's highest grossing film to date. The film was controversial for its <laughs> lack of sympathy for victims, as well as its explicit sexual content, extreme profanity, depiction of hard drug use, and use of animals during production. The film was initially rated NC-17 by the Motion Pictures Association of America, or the MPAA. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. However, it was shortly appealed after uh, Scorsese made slight uh, changes to the film, ensuring the film get an R rating. The film has a Guinness World Record for the most in for the most swearing in a film. I mean, yeah, I think they said that somewhere it was like they use, uh, I think they said they use the F word like five, uh, 500 times or something like that. I, I, it it, it kind of became like the, the guessing game where it's like, I don't know how many times they could they say it. I don't know. This. But one example that I, that I want to bring up that is just kind of, kind of stupid but at the same time is very much them when uh have you seen um uh the south park bigger longer and uncut i have yeah so that movie has uh 299 swear words because it was initially going to be over 300 but the mpaa said that if it hits 300 it'd be nc-17 so they went through the script and they took out one swear word which wow. is very much them. Uh, yes, um, the word "fuck" is you is said a total of five hundred and sixty nine times in in the Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. Mm hmm. So that's like a oh uh, wow okay, that's just nuts. Okay. That's a lot of swear words. I'm yeah. not going to you. Yeah. I mean, if you're living in New York, which presumably is where the movie is made, mm-hmm. you kind of have to assume they're cursing a lot. I mean, I feel like it's just a part of the vocabulary over there. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and then another thing is that, you know, yeah, they're a bunch of stockbrokers, but it pretty much shows, like, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not good people. Nope, nope, they yeah. are not. Which they again, would much rather um, get money out of you than mm, you getting anything back from them. Yeah, which you know, I'll throw this one out because um, I, I, you said you haven't seen it yet. American Psycho, it's, it's a, a bunch. It's not stockbrokers, but it's uh, a bunch of um, um, like upper class um, people, and it's like, yeah, you're all just so shallow. And this is this is the same thing. The Wolf Wall Street is the same thing, where it's 
you know, you're following the, these people who are your pretty much protagonists, but at the same time, they're not protagonists. They're all like, you're all just kind of shitty people. Like you all just kind of, oh, yeah. you, you're just terrible. Um, so, and that's, that's also something that Scorsese does in a lot of his movies is that he really doesn't have protagonists. He, you know, he'll have like one, like one person out of the bunch where it's like, okay, hey, you're not as bad as them, but you still get your problems. Um, and, but he makes you follow them like so well, where at a certain point you're just kind of like, oh, wow. Like I didn't realize that I, there's really no protagonists. Um, yeah, this is very much that where it's just like, I just, you know, a lot of these people are just, they suck. <laughs> they just really suck. I know, you know, you can not, I don't even think I can think of one single person in this movie that didn't have an ulterior motive. No, no, every single one had an ulterior motive to their original goal or mm. what they just you know, what they had people think of them. It was never just a one-way screen, you know? It was just, you could see on both ways. It's just shitty. Everybody's shitty. <laughs> yeah, that's more, of the, that's more of the story. Just <laughs> That should have been the tagline, Wolf of Wall Street. Everybody's shitty. Everybody's shitty. <laughs> yeah, and you should... can't really get flustered at them. The majority of them are shitty for a reason or mm-hmm. i mean it's just an interesting character to have a shitty character you know i yeah. mean it's just a part well, of the the character you know well be and, shitty no yeah well another thing that you know i i kept forgetting about the first time i saw this was this was real like this really happened mm-hmm. uh well to to a certain extent you know like hollywood likes to f- um fictionize a lot of a lot of non-fiction but um yeah there's like a lot of things that in the movie where i'm just like wow this really happened and it's just like that is just that's awful so but i think i think really think that um scorsese like captures that extremely well especially in in this film and then hey. yeah it's <laughs> honestly it's yeah i mean as much as i hate everybody almost everybody in the movie that just means that the actors are doing their jobs extremely well. Oh, yeah. I always think that whenever there's, like, just a really annoying-ass character, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I want to punch you. And there's always at least one in every movie where you're like, I want to punch the fuck out of you. <laughs> and then when you're done watching the movie, you're like, you know what? Where the fuck do they find these actors? Because they're doing their job a little too well for me. Well, and that's why I love, like, whenever I rewatch it, like, The Mist, which, uh, have you seen that one? You know the, the one with like uh, scary little like creepy crawlers. It's it's the one where they they're in the the supermarket and then the the mist shows up and there's monsters in it. Yes, I do. Yes, they're like big giant spiders or something like that. Look, yeah. well, they look like among spiders, other things, <laughs> among yeah, other like- screwed up things. But yeah, the the, <laughs> the the main antagonist in that one, it's um um this pretty much crazy um uh religious religious woman that basically turns half the the supermarket into a horde and it's just like i hate you so much like can can you please please just go away man <laughs> and it's she die? well 
Well, you know, spoiler. Three, two, one. Yes, she did. She's dead. Yeah, and I was just like, good. She had to go. But um, that just showed I'm like, yeah, because you did your job extremely well. Like, you made me hate you. And, you know, that's that's what I think actors need to do uh, is to be very realistic and make you like them or make you hate them. And that's something that this uh, Wolf Wall Street does extremely well. And it's just like, yeah, I, I don't like any of you. Like, you're all you're all shallow in your own ways. And you know what? Mm. It just means that they chose really great actors for this movie. Regardless of when I'll punch every single one of them. <laughs> and even though there are some explicit scenes on there, too, that you're just kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Um, you know, because it went from, like, shitty characters to, like, Margot Robbie, like, enticing Leonardo DiCaprio in the bed next yeah. to the crib. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh okay, this is happening. Oh, all right. Yeah. I think, she I went, think you should know when complaining. Mm. She went from that to do uh, Harley Quinn, and then now she's Barbie. Yeah, she's Barbie, where she played both roles extremely well. Mm. Although I don't think she's coming back as Harley Quinn anymore. I I don't know. I personally don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I don't either. She did her trilogy, if if you think about it. She did the the Suicide Squad 2, and then she did her Birds of Prey movie, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I still have not seen. But, you know. Well, I'll, I'll get to that eventually, but yeah, I just, you know, I think the acting is, is extremely well done. And then, um, also like the, the cinematography, well, also Scorsese's films look, look beautiful anyway. Um, and so, and what I think was crazy about Scorsese's career at that time is he just came off from doing a PG movie that was a Hugo that's right and then right. two years later he did this it's i mean it's a big it's a big know, jump around yeah well and i also think what's what's pretty crazy is that his previous movie prior to hugo was uh shutter island which was kind of a a thriller film which i i personally really like um but one thing in Scorsese's films that I wish was a little bit better was the edits, because all of his movies are pretty pretty long, where it's kind of like, all right, you guys can you, you can trim this a little bit, and you know, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, while it being three hours, and I think you can, um, you won't get bored through it. There's still like some things in there where it's kind of like, can you trim this a little bit? But, you know, I think it's, I think it's fine overall, what uh, the time length is. It's just something Scorsese does in every one of his movies where it's like, yeah, this is pretty long. So it's yeah. it's it's kind I of an agree. afternoon. You know, even though the movie itself was entertaining, I don't feel like it needed to be three hours long. You know, maybe two hours and a half, but I also don't know what half hours we would have to take out, To It's just, not all movies have to have every single little scene in them. Yeah. Like, we could take things out. It's fine to take things out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But with both the Wall Street, I feel like it was fine being three hours. Mm. You, you kind of get entertained with all the characters and... 
you kind of stick around for it. Yeah. Some of his other movies that were just as long could have been trimmed down a lot more. Oh, yeah. More entertaining. But mm. for there's an exception with some of his movies, I agree. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, but I think, you know, despite its, despite its controversies, um, <laughs> yeah, like the use of animals, um, uh, you also have the... Um, uh, the film's one of the film's producers um, was uh, pretty much uh, arrested for I forget what it was. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, one of the film's producers. Um, uh, stole, uh, yeah, ale- uh, alleged the film was financed by money producer Reza, uh, Aza. stole from the Malaysian development, uh, Burhad for wealth fraud. Um, wow. yeah, his, uh, stepson was then, um, the Malaysian prime minister he was arrested in connection with the scandal and pleaded not guilty to um, money money charges in July of 2019. According to court fillings, a company owned by a businessman gave the film's producers a $9 million advance. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, at this rate, who better to <laughs> go produce the movie? Wolf of Ross Street. I mean, yeah, that's just really crazy when you mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. Um, the use of animal controversy. The Wolf of Wall Street uses animals, including a, tri- a chimpanzee, a lion, a snake, a fish, and dogs. The chimpanzee and the lion were provided by the Big Cat Habitat Wildlife Sanctuary in Florida. The four-year-old chimpanzee ch- named Chance spent time with DiCaprio and learned to mm-hmm. roller skate in three weeks. The sanctuary also provided a lion named Handsome. Uh, be- because the trading company depicted in the film used a lion as its symbol. Um, a uh, producer denied that they were that there were any animals in the office, alleged uh, although he admitted to eating an employee's goldfish. In December 2013, before the film premiered, the organization Friends of Animals criticized the use of the chimpanzee and organized a boycott of the film. Uh, Verenity reported, quote, Friends of Animals thinks the chimp suffered uh, irreversible psychological damage after being forced to act, end quote. Uh, the Guardian commented on the criticism of Hollywood's use of animals, writing, quote, the Wolf of Wall Street's use of animal of a chimpanzee arrives as Hollywood comes under ever increasing. Jeez, uh, I can't read. <laughs> scrutiny for its employment of animals on screen, end quote. And then, of course, this one doesn't come as a surprise. PETA. Also launched a campaign to highlight mistreatment of ape quote unquote actors and to petition for DiCaprio to not work with great apes ever again. (laughs) 
guess we won't be seeing DiCaprio in the Dawn of the Apes anytime soon, huh? Nope, we will not. <laughs> we will not. Well, like, like I said, despite its controversies, you know, despite them going a bit overboard on a lot of things, this is definitely yeah. a movie that's like if Scorsese was not attached to it or they they didn't um, go as hard as they did. This is probably a movie that would have been trimmed have like heavy or just never would have got made because oh, yeah. of what happened. I mean, if it got this much backlash after the movie, just imagine without Swayze in the mix, mm-hmm. it would have gotten flagged down, hated immediately once they found out what they were doing with these poor animals. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it takes someone to back the movie for it to go, finally go through, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, thinking about it, we probably wouldn't have with Wall Street without Swayze. It, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and I still think I mean, that the yeah. fact that a seven-year-old made this movie, yeah, it's still nuts to me. But, you know, despite, <laughs> despite you know, despite how overboard and just gutshit insane this movie goes, this is still a, a fun movie that I honestly, I think, you know, it's not a, to me, it's not. It's definitely not a lot like Scorsese's films to me. They're not ones where I would sit and rewatch multiple times, because they are an afternoon of watching because they are so long. But also after you watch them, you just kind of like some of them. You're like, I need a shower after that. So, I personally, I wouldn't give this a a you are God, but I give this a respect. And yes, said respect. Not respect. 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 <laughs> I agree with you on that one. I do. I do give it a respect too. Mm. So, yeah, but you know, <laughs> just moral of the story is, um, you know, I don't want to be involved with as much as anybody wants to make just a shit ton of money. I don't think you know being. Uh, a stockbroker who then goes under fire for fraud. I don't think that's a good idea. Nope. And I'd rather not be a stockbroker in the 80s or the 90s. And honestly, I wouldn't be a stockbroker now. Mm-hmm. Do that. Just yeah. in general, don't become a stockbroker. Yeah. You don't need that. You can you can do fraud anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so look at cryptocurrency. Look at that. Look what happened with that. Oh. I mean, how many companies have come up with fraud? Yeah. Starting with Logan Paul, over and yeah, over again. Over and over <laughs> and over and over. Yeah, I've tried his prime Paul. drink, by the way. I have too. It and sucks. I can say, just buy Gatorade at that rate. Yeah. Just buy it, Gatorade. It's it's way too sugary. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, this is like way too sugary. I might as well just have like the the highest calorie soda that i can find and and yeah i'm not super into energy drinks like every once in a while i if i need to like if i need electrolytes i will pull like a a gatorade off the shelf but yeah it was just like you know what i'll just try this just to see and then yeah it was like nope i i tried it never trying it i'm never gonna have it 
I don't like no. adult. I don't really care. I've tried all the flavors they, they can possibly pull out, and all of them just don't hit. They don't really hit me that well. No, they don't. Like, no, no matter what flavor I tried, the fruit punch, that gray one that's called, like, moon or something, the blue mm-hmm. one, the orange one, none of them taste just as good as a normal beer rate. Even yeah, no. rate is better. Oh, yeah. I know there's the there's the whole like Gatorade versus Powerade kind of thing. It's just like I yeah. I don't really care. I'll have either one. It's just whatever one I'm going like, yeah, I'll I'll have that or eh, I'll have that. Or if I'm like dying of thirst, it'll be like I don't care, just give me one. Honestly. Mm-hmm. It, although nothing would ever make me want to drink Dasani. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a Powerade over Dasani any day. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just not into into energy drinks or any of that stuff. But yeah, it's it's like yeah for Gatorade or Powerade. It's like if I just need if I just need energy or just need something to just quench thirst because I'm just dying of thirst. Then that's that's what it is. So yeah, or honestly. Um, it's it's that or having like a fresh like Pepsi or Coke, like a cold one. If, like once that hits your your tongue, you're just like, "Yep, this is this is life." I mean, there's always that controversy that Coca-Cola is putting cocaine in our drinks, and that's why it's so addicting. That's actually originally what it was. Oh well, you should keep doing it. Yeah, it's really working, isn't it? <laughs> It's working, you know. I recommend so watching much. watching the show Drunk History. Ooh. Oh my god, Drunk History is amazing. It's it's exactly what it is. It is celebrities uh, telling the tr- telling uh, history, like actual history, but they're intoxicated. So it's extra funny. So and they they do reenactments with other actors. And they're actually mouthing off the the actors that are that are or the celebrities that are retelling the story. So every once in a while, if like they do like a hiccup in the reenactment, you'll see that that person hiccup. And it's it's really funny. Like one of the best ones they did, it was they got uh, Lin Manuel Miranda to drunkenly tell the history of uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, I remember watching that one. Yeah, that one was awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like they did a, they were telling a story about um, um, uh, uh, Harriet Tubman, and uh, the person they got to to um, to uh, play her was uh, Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah, they get some like some like a like a listers there. And it's just like, yeah, they got a sense of humor. So yeah, yeah, drunk history, while it's no longer they they no longer do it anymore. It was it was really funny. Like once they were they were doing a retelling of how Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein. And then they right. actually recreate the Frankenstein story and they got Seth Rogen to be uh, Victor Frankenstein and Will Ferrell to be the monster. And it's just, it's amazing. Now you put those two together, it's going to be amazing. Oh yeah, it, it's awesome. 
it's a yeah trunk history i yeah it's it's if you need a laugh but at the same t- it's one of those shows where it's kind of like why why wasn't this being played in history class because it is like what they're actually saying is true like it really happened they're just saying it while they're intoxicated which which is why it's kind of hard to like you know let them you know just think because you're like they're drunk they don't know what they're talking about but it's they they, they have a piece of paper in their face they're like yeah so hamilton he cheated on his wife <laughs> yeah yeah he cheated on his wife wrote about it and told everybody in the entire world that he cheated on his wife yeah like like in that one in the one for for uh, Ham, uh hamilton they're uh uh, Miranda is talking about uh, the 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 gunfight between Hamilton and uh, was it a Burr? Um, but while he's talking about it, he gets a of a, a FaceTime call from Questlove. So then, in the reenactment, one of them pulls out their phones, and everybody cr- uh, gathers together and like they're talking with him. And it's just it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but another thing that I love is that with the reenactments, if the celebrity is like slurring their words or like they quickly get like off topic, um, the, the reenact, the reenactments, they'll start to do it like correctly. But then every once in a while, they'll just stop and just kind of look at the camera, like all frustrated. <laughs> it's like the one for Frankenstein. They were telling yeah, the, the person that was telling it kept uh, like going off topic and then the people in the reenactment uh, they just got so sick and tired that they all pulled out water bottles and were just drinking it's just a weight just, uh, like mm. it it's funny i love so, this I, I love that show i remember because angelica was the one that introduced it to me oh, the yeah. hamilton series when Manuel did it mm-hmm yeah, I think that's I when the show was was going like, "Oh, this is a real show." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Drunk, drunk history is is awesome, and yeah, I wish they continued it, but they they did a they did a good good amount of it, and also because with with alcohol, there's only so much times you can do something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before, <laughs> I'm sure after it was done. Um, their livers were just like, oh, we're free. Oh, definitely. They, just, yeah. they were done. They were done with the alcohol. Yeah. I'm sure they got sober afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure one day they just thought, you know what? We're, we're done. Who needs to be an alcoholic anyways? Yeah. Who needs alcohol in their lives? <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I love that show. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for more episodes. Be sure to check out Cinematic Duo Snips on YouTube for clips from our shows. Follow us on social. Thanks again and be sure to watch more stuff.